This is Lisa Tams, and you're listening to Processing the Process. gosh, everyone. I just have to tell you that as I was recording my last little tip that I had been talking about Chicago Unifieds and just allotting for the elevator delays. And I mentioned at the end of that about, I hope everyone's doing well and that you're healthy. And as those words came out of my mouth, I thought, oh my gosh, this is something that's so important right now. Who do I know? Who do I know that I can talk to who would be an authority on this? And we see Dr. Adam Rubin at Lakeshore Ear, Nose, and Throat Center. He is actually an amazing resource and an amazing doctor because He has such a unique perspective. He actually went to Yale undergrad where he was a performer and then went on to have a career as a performer and always had the intention of going to medical school to specialize in local performance. So he really understands the vocal demands of performing. And you'll see in this conversation that we have just how important it is to help our kids really understand as they go into this, just how demanding this career is. There are a lot of things that go hand in hand with making sure that you are on top of your game as you get on stage. I also just want to mention that Dr. Rubin has an incredible resource. He wrote a book. It's called The Vocal Pit Stop, Keeping Your Voice on Track. And that is something that would be a great gift to you as a parent, to yourself, or to your kids to be able to read that and reference his professional perspective. Very excited to be able to bring this to you. Chicago Unifieds for us are right around the corner. Many of you have probably already done your Unifieds, either in New York or LA, but we are gearing up. Tommy goes in just a few days. This is really valuable information, whether you're going into Unifieds or just to really consider for your kids and for them, really, they would benefit from listening to this too. I know that you'll all get so much out of this. Okay, so I am super excited to have you here. I'm sitting here with Dr. Rubin, and he is an ENT doctor in our area who specializes in vocal performance. I have taken my kids to see him. He's awesome. We're just lucky to have him here to 
give us some insight. Great. I'm happy to be here. Thank you for those great, kind words. You're welcome. So why don't you just share your history? Okay. Because I think that it's fascinating. Thank you. So before I went to medical school, I was a professional actor and singer. I went to Yale undergrad. Um, got the got great uh, training and experience there. Got to be a working actor for a few years, which was a lot of fun. But always pretty much had intentions of going to medical school. When I was in an acapella group in college, we toured the country. I stayed with a gentleman named uh, Dick Stasny, who was one of the few laryngologists. Laryngologists are ENTs who specialize in voice. He took a liking to me, took me to his office, showed me what he did. I thought, wow, this could be a great way to merge my interests. During my acting career, I, you know, I had some struggles myself, but I saw one of our leads get a cubicle full tear, I had to go to a laryngologist, uh, pulled off stage, got to uh, experience a lot of things as a performer. So in any case, I was probably one of very few people who went to medical school knowing they were going to do this very small niche. In, you did uh, know going in oh, that yeah. you were very yeah. specific. Yeah. I would imagine very few doctors that specialize like you do actually have the... Uh, I think it definitely helps um, connect with patients, particularly singers, you know, to be able to identify with them, speak their language, understand, you know, sometimes the complaints are somewhat abstract, understand what they're getting at. So I think that that does help a lot. And, and you still perform occasionally? Yes. So every year I put on a, a big World Voice Day concert that I host and perform at, but it's uh, it's largely my patients who've lost and recovered their voices. They come to celebrate voice recovery, the purpose of the day is really to spread awareness of vocal health, get people to pay attention to their voice, because not only, you know, not only do singers have voice problems from overuse or so forth, but you know, you know, a change in the vocal quality that persists can be the sign of a major medical issue, cancer, things like that. So I perform at that, and then, um, although most of my singing background is the musical theater, I, I uh, have been in several bands, so now we have bands, and we perform periodically, which Oh, you fun. do? Yeah. What, what, what kind of music? It's called Identity Crisis, and it's mostly, I would say, 80s, because we all have Identity Crisis. Oh, fun. It's a lot of fun. We're, you know, our goal is just to do, mostly to uh, do fundraisers. That's so great. There's so many kids who are headed in this direction, um, this audience who will be tuning in, will be the parents of the kids yes, who yes. are uh, about to, or have, or gone through the process of auditioning yes. for musical theater college programs, which I'm sure you know are crazy competitive. Yes, absolutely. And this is really the height of that season right now. And I know I'm concerned about Tommy staying healthy. Um, Long hours, a lot of voice use. Yeah. You know, exhaustion, not to mention this time of year, general weather, things like that. Part of the message, we, you know, we try to get out, which is, you know, people just take it for granted that the voice is going to be there, whether it's your own voice or someone else expecting to hear your voice or needing your voice for a show. And there's a fine line between being too quick to take yourself off and, and or being too uh, slow to, you know, take a step back and know mm -hmm. that you need a break. I'm going to go off on a little, it's not a tangent, but sure. it's all related to that. And you bring up some good points in that if you want to be a professional performer or a performer, period, it's a singer, you know, you're not playing the violin. You can't put it away in a case, okay? It's, you're, you're walking around with your instrument. It's exposed. 
um, to a certain degree, you have to be in your best vocal shape at all times. Whether or not it's an audition, uh, it's planned, you know, out in the real world, you might get a call about an audition two hours before the audition. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, obviously, if you, you know, if you make it and you're doing eight shows a week, incredibly taxing on the voice. And, yeah. and it's not a normal life, you know, is mm-hmm. what it comes down to. You, you cannot do what, particularly at a young age, what most young people like to do, particularly, you know, which is, you know, you audition, do a show, go out, have a couple of beers, right. you know, you know, talk over loud noise and then be expected and expect yourself to be in tip top shape the next day. Now, some people get away with things more than others. And then maybe that has to do with college and makeup and things like that. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, you, you have to find this fine line of being, uh, cautious with your voice at all times without totally being a hermit, you know, uh, and it's difficult. It's difficult. Yeah. Because you want quality of life. Absolutely. But you want to be at your best and do your job well. Right. I have noticed even with Frankie being at CCM, those kids are pretty disciplined kids. They do party, but not like a typical college student by any means. And there's, there's a lot of sacrifice there for the sake of their instrument the college experience is not a quote unquote normal right. college experience for them. They can't just decide like it's Wednesday, everybody's going to the bar, let's go. Even if it's just a full day of classes the next day, which it always is. Right, right. They won't it, it's like sitting down and taking a test but not having your pencil. Right. There's no recovery time. I mean, they're very busy. There's no recovery time. And honestly, that's assuming you have something that you can just recover from because all it takes is one bad night out. And you could give yourself a significant injury that's going to, you know, in the worst case scenario, be career ending. That's not that common. But, you know, there's a various degrees of severity of injury where you could really pull yourself, you know, find yourself on the bench for uh, a significant period of time. Yeah. And which it's is missed opportunity, you know, things. And not to mention the fact once you're out there performing, if you have an injury like that and then you continue to perform and you're not quite at your best or you have to pull yourself every now and you, you know, there's that point where some people might think they're not dependable and mm-hmm. that can affect how hireable you are. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's a big, big concern. So going into audition season, Tommy in particular has uh, Chicago Unifieds coming up. And I was just saying to him the other day, like, we need to step up your vitamins and put everything into play to protect. What do you suggest? Let's first talk about preventative mm-hmm. maintenance, just healthy, healthy maintenance. Sure. Keep your general health up. So resting, getting enough sleep, staying hydrated with water. Mm-hmm. Hydration is huge. I mean, really being smart with your voice, you know, avoiding loud environments as best you can, particularly when you know you have things coming up. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of kids, you're talking about high school kids now who are mm-hmm. going to be auditioning. Right. Well, you know, they have their show they're doing and they have their three choirs that they're doing. And they, you know, you have to, particularly with a young voice, you have to um, prioritize your, you know, your vocal obligations. You have mm-hmm. to prioritize it and recognize the limitations of your voice. And if, if you find yourself fatiguing a lot with all the demands, you have to say, well, what can I cut back on um, so that you're, you know, Again, keeping your voice in tip-top shape, 
That's not to say you might not get vocally tired, but you need to be able to recover. Again, it's all about recovery. You know, if you have allergies, if you have reflux, things like that, staying on top of that and avoiding sick people. That's a, that's a good one, too. Washing you your know, hands. Washing Don't your put hands. your finger in Absolutely. your eyes or your nose. And when you talk about recover, what active things can you do to help yourself recover when you find your voice is fatiguing? As a singer, you're, you're a vocal athlete, right? So just like athletes have to recover, there are things you can do. You know, cool downs. There are vocal cool downs. Uh, semi-occluded vocal tract exercises or, t- or uh, tasks like uh, blowing bubbles, mm. uh, you know, with and without sound. All that stuff helps with cup recovery, cup phonation. These are things that a, a good singing teacher will know about or a voice pathologist who are speech pathologists who are um, specialized in voice, you mm-hmm. know, that, like the folks I work with at, at Lakeshore uh, Professional Voice Center. All those things are, are good for recovery of the voice. And then, of course, rest, right? Mm-hmm. Rest. So, you know, if you have a very taxing uh, tech week, mm-hmm. you know, each night you come home, you got to rest. Now, they have schoolwork, too. They have other things they have to do, mm-hmm. but they don't want to get on the cell phone and start chatting all the time, you know, with their friends. On the, the list goes on and on because you talk about rehearsal, right? Let's talk about rehearsal when you're a show. You don't have to be singing full out. You know, you got to conserve it, preserve it for it. You know, get your timing down, get the notes down, do what you have to do. Maybe you have to do it once full out for the musical director's satisfaction. Mm-hmm. And some musical directors are more empathetic than others, you know, and again, that's an education thing. But, um, uh, so whatever you can do to preserve your voice for when you need it. You know, you see kids like they wear a scarf around their neck and they've got the whiteboard. Well, I think that, you know, the scarf around the neck, I, I don't know that there's any evidence that that helps, but if it makes you feel good, <laughs> you do it. Whiteboards, texting, and now everybody texts. You mm, know, so that's, yeah, that's true. That's one good thing about the phones for singers is nobody has conversations anymore. So that's, you know, that's <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't really know if that's a good thing or not. So, you know, if those things... Feel good, and you know it brings up an interesting point. Though you do have to be careful um, about you know what your cast member tells you is really good. Some things are harmless. I'm not against homeopathic remedies, um, but as long as we understand them and know what they you know what they can do, even herbal supplements can have bad effects. Really? Oh yeah, yeah. And I'll give you an example of uh, my first summer stock show I was doing. Um, do little in, in my fair lady. So I lost my hair at an early age. So and before it was really stylish. So <laughs> I was getting cast, but usually in character roles or older roles. So uh-huh. as a result, I was using character voices mm. and they were tough on the voice. They can be really tough on the voice. Mm-hmm. So I had uh, lost my voice during rehearsals and, you know, it's rehearsing more than ever and not being smart and socializing. And, you know, as a young person right out of college, right. you know, burning, so, burning, uh, burning the candle at both ends. Yeah. Uh, was a talented, talented singer told me, oh, you should be taking aspirin around the clock because it's an anti-inflammatory. Mm. Well, aspirin is also a blood thinner. Yeah. So you probably, you, I don't know because I never got checked out. I wasn't smart enough to get checked out, but I probably had a vocal fold hemorrhage, bleed into oh. the vocal fold, which can be catastrophic, actually. Um, so it's the, you know, you have to be careful with these kind of things. But there are some things that are safe and smart and simple, which is hydration, mm-hmm. rest, proper warm-ups, proper cool-downs, proper technique, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, training, oh, yeah. you Hopefully gotta, at you this be point well with these kids, they have learned to sing healthy. Right, but that, and they should continue to study. I mean, there, you know, there are people at the Metropolitan Opera who still study, you know, with their teacher to keep their instrument in tip-top shape, so. So in terms of herbal supplements, what kinds of things 
to work? Well, uh, honestly, I don't push herbal supplements a lot. Now, that's not to say they're not good. And actually, I'm not an expert in them. Uh I'll say that first and foremost. I know there are reports of some of the herbal supplements which aren't regulated, you know, causing kidney damage, things like Mm -hmm. that. I used to use something called throat coat, which I think is pretty popular. I don't think there's much harm in that. Mm -hmm. But I'll tell you, for soothing effects on the voice, if you want something, you know, hot water and honey, there's something called gold gargle, which has hot water, uh, honey, or corn syrup, and kosher salt, and baking soda, mm-hmm. you know, that that's not going to hurt you. It's going to mm-hmm. feel, you know, feel soothing. You want to be careful with anything that numbs the throat. You want to feel things. Now, if you don't have to sing and you have a sore throat, you don't have to use your voice, that's fine. You can numb your throat, but right. you don't want to use things like chloroseptic before you sing. Although Mario Lanza used ether, but I don't. I think that's an exception, right? Um, Don't do that. Don't do Uh, that. Yeah, you want to feel because you'll hurt yourself. You can hurt yourself otherwise. And pain does affect the voice. Like if you if you have a sore throat, you're going to feel hoarse because all your muscles are tense, and you're you know you're not going to produce in a way that you're used to producing. But so sometimes relieving that pain will make you feel like your voice is better. Mm, But it's not right, right? And then you're pushing it too much, exactly, and and still can cause yourself injuries. Yep. I make especially during that time in the in the you know last part of putting a show up for my kids lemon ginger and honey uh-huh. water if they now, like it and it feels good it's fine lemon's very acidic though so you're you know that's not ideal for okay. the, for the vocal folds. but remember this it's not actually hitting the vocal cords or the vocal folds excuse me it's not otherwise you'd be close to aspirating right it's mm-hmm. just a soothing feeling on the throat but it's still, is it that lemon is acidic. And can, okay. You know, ginger plus minus can be irritating to some, mm. you know. Um, but the honey in the water, I, I like. But, you know, again, I have a hard time saying absolutes with this kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And if people have had success with it and it's felt good, I don't really push them not to do it. Right. You know? Everyone's a little different. Some people treat reflux with apple cider vinegar that to me is crazy okay that's something where i do say stop doing that because vinegar is incredibly acidic mm-hmm. so you're you know that's going down your throat so that's not a not a good idea so that's one homeopathic remedy that i i, I know people who who have done it absolutely yeah absolutely is does it help like in the short term though i don't think so okay so acid reflux mm-hmm. during this time especially thoughts well, so it's interesting. This brings up a whole area that's probably way too much to cover here. But a little bit of acid on the vocal folds can definitely cause problems. There's different types of reflux. It's all the same process, acid coming up from the stomach. Mm-hmm. But there's classic gastroesophageal reflux symptoms, which are heartburn, belching, you know, mm-hmm. feeling acid come up. And then what we call extraesophageal or laryngopharyngeal reflux symptoms, some of which are... are feeling a lump in the throat, clearing your throat constantly. But I just want to say that's not specific for reflux. I mean, other things can cause those symptoms mm-hmm. too. Maintaining a good reflux diet, low acid, not overstuffing yourself right before you sing or exercise or things like that. Those are all good ideas. People have real problems with reflux and you know, sometimes with the extraesophageal symptoms, we don't know if they're due to reflux until we treat them. And then we have to treat them very aggressively with medications like omeprazole, Prilosec, mm-hmm. PPIs. Then we see if it helps the symptoms, and if it, and then we try to pull them off it if we can, and see if the symptoms occur. The problem is some of these medications now have been shown to have right. long-term effects, uh-huh. increases dementia, hip fractures. So you know we have to really be careful with this. I think people, before people were cavalier, leaving people on these for life, you know, twice a day on meprazole. And now, unless you have a really strong indication, like 
precancerous changes in your esophagus or something like that, we really try to get people down to the lowest dose possible, if any. So it's kind of a more complicated discussion. But if you have classic heartburn or you feel acid come up, you'll feel it in your throat. That will definitely affect your voice on the spot, you mm-hmm. know, acutely. So you got to be careful with those things. Okay, colds. Mm-hmm. There's going to be a high percentage yeah. of kids who have colds. You're going to have to perform when you're sick sometimes. And again, I'll take a step back. There are only a couple contraindications to say that are non-surgical. One is a bleed into the vocal cord, okay, which can be a very significant injury. It can cause deep vocal cord scar, which mm-hmm. can be incorrectable, or it can cause a polyp, which mm-hmm. usually requires surgery, which is less bad than deep vocal cord scar. Right. Uh, so we pull people off stage if they have a really significant hemorrhage, total voice rest for a week, gradually increase their voice use, often not singing for four to six weeks. Mm-hmm. A vocal fault tear is another thing. It's kind of like biting the inside of your lip. And that one, we just pull them off for a few days, recheck up some medication sometimes in therapy. But then there's all these people who may just be sick, who may have a little bit of inflammation, congested. You have to find this balance. And you always have to think short-term versus long-term, obviously, what your goals are. You have to see what are the effects on the show. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to think about those things. Do you have an understudy? Or are you a, are you the lead? Mm-hmm. Are, is this show going to close? You know, all those things. Unfortunately, as a professional, you have to think about those mm-hmm. those things. But you don't want to jeopardize your long-term right. career uh, unless they're going to pay you a lot of money. <laughs> um, so, uh, so I don't think it's, it's worth it even then. Right, right. Um, so uh, for a cold, there are some things you can do. So your nose is a resonator, right? So your your vocal instrument compo- is composed of the strings, your your vocal folds, mm-hmm. vocal cords, uh, which are housed in your larynx, uh, your bow, which is your breast support, okay? And then the body of your instrument, which is everything above the vocal folds. So your your throat, uh, the area called the supraglottis, which is above the glottis, which is above your vocal cords, your nasal cavity, your sinus, all that. So in a cold, you're going to get congested, and that's going to affect your, you know, resonation, mm-hmm. right? So that can make you more effortful in trying to obtain the sound you want to obtain. Mm-hmm. So that can cause additional strain. So for three days, you don't want to do it more, you can use Afrin nasal spray, which okay. is a great right. decongestant. And very addictive. Yep, yep. It can be addictive. That's why you don't <laughs> use more than three days. Mm-hmm. Okay. You can you can use you gotta be a little more careful with systemic decongestants, but you can use that too. Hydration, rest, if you're feeling crappy, Tylenol, you know, to keep your fever down. And again, hydrate your body's gonna need more hydration than it normally does because you're probably sweating it off a lot more, particularly if you have a fever, obviously. And then you gotta just see how you feel. And all those things we talked about conserving your voice has, has to be like really, magnified, really, right? And yeah. and you gotta tell your director, I'm not gonna sing full out of rehearsal right now. I'm not feeling good. We can block the scene, we can, uh, can sing an octave down, I can do, you know, there are a lot yeah. of things you can do uh, to sort of preserve. And the other thing I will tell you, which just stirred up in my head, is uh, a lot of singers are, have great singing training, but they don't have great speaking training. So they go from a song to a monologue, and a lot of times they'll cause themselves more damage in their speaking parts, particularly mm-hmm. if they get emotional. So that's something to consider. Yeah, I would totally think that it would be like pushing the sound out in in singing that would do the damage. No, no, I mean, I'd say more often than not, particularly well-trained singers are going to hurt themselves Mm. other ways, most likely. Unless they're, you know, they really took a part on, which is, you know, doesn't lie well in their Mm tessitura, or, you know, or or they're, you know, they're pushing it for for whatever reason, uh, maybe to get the paycheck. And the other thing I didn't talk about, which should be mentioned when people are ill and they need to get on stage and they're... They have a cold and their vocal folds may be swollen. They may truly have some laryngitis. Is steroids? 
steroids are a great drug for people who need to get back on stage and are have a significant amount of inflammation from whether it's phonotrauma, you know, overuse or you got to be careful. They, do, they can have potential bad effects, too, if used too much. And the demands put on performers these days professionally are so huge. I mean, eight shows, often four shows on the weekend. I don't care how good a singer you are. That, yeah. that is just uh, tough, particularly with the repertoire now, the newer musicals as well. You know, people have to be smart about their general health. And if they're really requiring steroids over and over and over again multiple times, you gotta you know, you got to rethink yeah, what's, what's going on. And are those... Pills? Are those oral pills, or is it a shot? So, yeah, it can be either. If I see someone who needs to get on stage that night, you know, I will often offer an injection. And does that go, like, right into their vocal cords? No, no, or? no, no. no. <laughs> I don't know. You know, steroids are sometimes... We do sometimes inject steroids into vocal faults for people with scar or some okay. other chronic conditions, but that's not to get you on stage right away. That will... Okay. Yeah. Um, that's a good question. I mean, that's under, that's under, <laughs> no, it's it's systemic, so usually in the arm, okay. in the deltoid, yeah. Okay. But they're, you know, I mean, truth be told, they do wonderful things for inflammation of the vocal folds. I want to take another step back about um, changing subjects a little bit. Yeah. Maybe think about it when I mention laryngitis. Is mm-hmm. One important thing for maintenance is don't assume that your voice problem is due to laryngitis. Mm-hmm. Okay? Don't assume because your horse it's laryngitis. Now, Obviously, if you get hoarse after a loud night out and you can rest your voice for a few days and it comes back to normal, fine, great. Mm-hmm. But anything that's longer, that's not, you know, maybe you get better but not back to your normal. Maybe your passaggio, all of a sudden you have this break in your passaggio you didn't have before. Your upper range, it feels just more effortful. you got to get checked out. And uh, because you may have a significant injury that if caught early, you know, with some conservative therapy, you know, no harm, no foul. But if you continue to voice on it, if you continue to push it, you know, you may end up with something more serious that's going to set you back a lot longer. So that's an important part of maintenance, is any prolonged horses. Now, in the general population, we, we basically say anything more than a couple weeks needs to be checked out. For a singer, you know, you, it seems you can't like come every, every day, you know, <laughs> but, but uh, you know, if you have a big gig or you have something coming up, that's a reason to get seen urgently. Uh, if you can't rest your voice you know, for a few days. But if you can rest your voice for a few days, do some things, mm-hmm. attract uh, tasks, comfort, you know, and, and things recover. You know, you it's like a about. muscle. I mean, right. you know, if you, if your ankle hurts and, but you can still walk on it, you know, do you, you just kind of play it by ear for a couple of days right. and if it keeps hurting, then you go get, get it checked, checked out. out. Right, right. These some of these programs. Um, I know Frankie's program at CCM has a vocal health professional on staff. I know that they get checked out their freshman year mm-hmm. as part of the curriculum right. um, as a baseline. Yep, that person is available to them um, if they're feeling anything unusual. It's great. Um, first of all, getting a baseline video stroboscopy. Well, let's talk about video stroboscopy because some people don't know what that is. I, 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 um, I, I, we, my kids have probably had it, but I don't know what it is. Right, they have had it. I can <laughs> okay. tell you for sure. Um, video stroboscopy is the way we evaluate the vocal faults and the vibration of the vocal faults. There are different ways ENTs will look at your vocal faults. A lot of times people will take a little scope in the nose. They'll look with their eye on the scope, and they'll you know that will show them things, lumps and bumps and vocal folds opening and closing, but it doesn't give them a sense of the vibration of the vocal folds. So you can have perfectly smooth looking vocal folds, but if they're totally scarred down or 
stiff from inflate, they won't they, they won't buy very well. So they can look smooth and nice, but you can sound terrible. Yeah. So we need to have a way of, of assessing vibration. That's what the Dostromovsky does. Um, often we use a scope that goes in the mouth about an inch and a half, two inches. It gives us a nice magnified view of the vocal folds. Uh, so we really can see what's going on and pick up small uh, problems. People should be aware of it. And getting a baseline is a good idea because there are a lot of great singers who don't have normal looking vocal folds. If you have a small bump on your vocal fold and you've been singing like crazy and great for years and then something else happens, maybe you just have a little uh, phonotraumatic orange, you overdid it a little bit, uh, and you go in and someone sees that bump, they're going to say, oh boy, you got a, you know, you got a bump there that might need to come off. Well, maybe it didn't. Right, long. exactly. So you want a bass on stroboscopy when you're in your best voice. Okay. Uh, so it's great that they do that. And then singers should be familiar with who is out there to take care of their voices. Mm -hmm. Okay. And, you know, obviously you have your singing teacher, frontline. And then after that, there are otolaryngologists or ENTs, but understand that some have more voice experience than others. There are subspecialists like myself, laryngologists who have fellowship training in, in voice. And then as also part of that voice team, there are speech pathologists. But again, some speech pathologists have more experience in voice than others. You know, there's swallowing and uh, airway and cognitive and you know, mm -hmm. and things like that as part of that specialty. Uh, and then there are voice pathologists who are speech pathologists who've had additional training, fellowship training in care of the voice. Okay. And then there's something called a singing voice specialist who is typically a singing teacher that has taken extra time, spent time with laryngologists and voice pathologists to learn more about the injured voice and rehabilitation of the injured singing voice. So that's who's out there, that voice team. Okay. The ideal voice team is that laryngologist, voice pathologist, maybe singing voice specialist, although a lot of the voice pathologists now have singing backgrounds too, so they're singing voice specialists as well, and the singing teacher and the patient, obviously. So again, back to what I'm thinking, being there, if they have symptoms of a cold, our fallback is always Mucinex D. Mucinex just helps thin secretions, thin mucus, and um, but the DM will suppress the cough. And if with the D will is decongestant, so that will help with congestion in the nose. Okay. So those are, that's a good drug. Okay. And then other things like I'm thinking of, you know, an arsenal uh -huh. of what what to bring with you. I know that my boys have a personal humidifier. It's great. Oh, do they have the laryngeal steamer? Yeah. That's, that's like the great. one that's like actually you hold in your hand yes, yes. and put do your that. face up to the yep. Yeah. yeah, that's great. Humid humidification, whether it's from, uh, you know, the vocal folds like to be well-nourished. Some of that can be external from steam and things like that. And you could turn up the steam in your shower and, mm -hmm. and obviously hydration, you know. Yeah. Have you heard of this? It's called liquid IV. Have you heard mm -hmm. of that? No. It is. My sister was telling me about it. She's an athlete. Uh -huh. um, that you put it in your water and it boosts the... Hydration absorption or something. Hmm. I don't know enough about okay. that to speak I don't really it. know yeah. either, but yeah. I just thought I'd bring it up. By the way, a good way to monitor how well hydrated you are uh -huh. is to look at your pee, all right? And you want it nice and pale. Anything real concentrated, yellow, you know. Start drinking. Your, yeah, start drinking <laughs> water, right. Yeah, I mean, you generally see these kids walking around with these huge, right. you know, water Absolutely. bottles. And they're, they're drinking, drinking, drinking. Cool downs. I don't see very many kids do that. No, it's a, and it's important. And I'm not a singing teacher, you know, mind you, but we teach them. And sing, a lot of singing teachers will teach them cool downs as well. And they're, they're basically similar warm-ups, but 
you know, working downward into your comfortable range. Mm-hmm. Uh, and even the semi-occluded vocal track stuff, the straws, the, you know, blowing bubbles, mm-hmm. um, all that stuff can be part of your cool down as well, cup formation. I want to do a shameless plug. Go right shameless ahead. Yeah. I wrote a book called The Vocal Pit Stop, Keeping Your Voice on Track, which basically I wanted it to be like a handbook for the performer. It's not overly medical. It's not too dumbed down. It's everything I wish I knew then that I know yeah, now. Yeah, Frankie has it. He read it. No, yeah, great. Mm-hmm. Good. Yeah. That's available on Amazon or at our office. The World Voice Day concert this year is going to be April 12th. And it's at Stagecrafters in Royal Oak at 7 p.m. It's a free concert. You don't have to make reservations or anything like that. It's great. And we've never been able to get to that. I know. I think I've tried to have Frankie sing it. I know. It always conflicts one of these days. Right. Good. I wanted to ask you about neti pots. Okay. Good. When it's needed, they're great. I prefer the sinus rinse. It's made by Neil Med as well, but I, it's instead of having to tilt your head back and pour in, uh-huh. it's a bottle that you squeeze and you lean over the sink. Kind of, make sure you yawn when you do it so it doesn't go down your throat. Okay. okay? Um, and it's a nice way to just clean out the nasal cavity. If your nasal cavity gets dry, you get crust in there, those can cause inflammation, those can get infected. So when you do that, you keep that clean and you keep your resonator clean. If you don't have a congested nose, you don't necessarily need to do it. Is that something that if you're doing it too much, that your body would like try to overcompensate? No, I don't think anyone's ever reported that. I don't think so. It's pretty nice homeopathic. That's a homeopathic remedy I'm a supporter of. Anything else that you can think of, like for these kids and their parents who are going... It is very nerve-wracking because you have just this short window of time that you have to be healthy for it. In terms of the stretch of time, yep. and then also every time you walk into the room for the five minutes that you're in there, maybe yes, that it's you know you, you want to be in tip top, and because we're in the Midwest and it's cold, a lot of people this is the time of year that people get sick. Right, it just is. You have to find a balance of being smart without driving yourself crazy Mm. is if you're just getting neurotic about everything it's going to have a harmful effect on your body and your voice for that matter and your performance Mm -hmm. you're going to get nervous you're not going to perform at your best Mm -hmm. i think that if you keep yourself in pretty good health you're going to be okay keep training keep working i think even when you're a little under the weather Going to an audition, enjoy your adrenaline boost because I, I think adrenaline does wonderful things for the voice. Mm-hmm. Actually, if, if it's you know uh, used appropriately, right? You know, channel channeled appropriately. Mm-hmm. Thank you. But, uh, yeah, you just could be smart. A lot of it is common sense. Don't go watch your sport team and scream and yell before you have to you know a big performance or an audition. When you go to a loud environment, I, one trick I tell people is wear an earplug. One earplug. Um, so you can hear how so you loud hear yourself being. better. Well, what happens is when you're in a loud environment. And talking, you don't realize quite how loudly you're talking. There's something called the Lombard effect. So you think you're talking like this. You're really talking like this. You don't even realize it. So if you put one earplug in, you can hear yourself better. Uh, so you you uh, negate that effect to mm-hmm. some extent. Uh, now, other people won't hear you as well because you're not <laughs> raising your voice as much. <laughs> right. But it can save you. And, you know, the best thing is when you go to those loud environments, you go to a party, as a, you go to a college party, just... Just keep quiet. Listen to people. Yeah. Tell them close up and not just rest my voice. Hopefully, these kids at this level who are really going for these college spots yeah. 
in these really competitive schools yeah. aren't doing this, but I'm sure some of them are. What about like vaping? Oh, and common sense, right? Like, don't don't put anything on those vocal folds that is potentially toxic, right? I mean, that's are there kids who talk themselves into like, ah, uh, it's not that big of a deal? Oh yeah, and professional performers, you know, who are you know vaping or smoking. And, mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if I should say this on your podcast or not, but you know, it's, uh, you know, marijuana is very yeah. popular now, and I tell people I'm not condoning the use of marijuana, but if you're going to do it, just eat it. Don't smoke it. Don't just eat it because it's going to be the least harmful on your vocal folds. Oh, especially now that it's legal. Right. And not- but on the other hand, anything like that that affects your way of thinking, including alcohol, things like you uh-huh. know, you might not be as cautious with your voice. Right. So you lose your center. Right. Well, I guess I would also just tell people to, uh, along those lines of not driving yourself crazy, is just remember you're, you're in this because you love it, you know, and have fun doing it, and, you know, keep a great positive attitude. I think affirmations are, are very big for auditions, for performance, for maintaining your mental health. And that goes for the parents. Oh, yeah. Also, because I know that... I have a tendency to project my oh, yeah. anxiety or anxiousness yep. or excitement or, you know, it's not necessarily a negative, but they already have enough of it. Right. No <laughs> question. They, <laughs> they have their don't own. They're dealing me. with their own, own spilkies, as we say. They got it right. Then they have to learn how to process that and, and deal with it and control it. So overall, just good common sense. Mm-hmm. Preserve. Give your, your voice chances to recover. Make sure you have ways to do that. Uh, prioritize your vocal obligations, mm-hmm. recognize the limitations of your voice without mm, getting too timid, good warm-ups, cool-downs, general health, knowing when you need to get checked out, mm-hmm. not ignoring some prolonged hoarseness, exercise, keep yourself healthy. Does that affect your voice? Absolutely. Your overall fitness? Absolutely, yes. General health. Mm-hmm. you got to feel good. You know, you want your body to feel good. You want your breath support good. It's very demanding yeah. this long term. No and I, I think, you know, that's not always taken into consideration at this point. Right. Don't assume, again, don't take that voice for granted. Don't assume it's going to be there. Don't assume it's going to, you know, it, it requires work. And, again, you'll have friends, you'll have colleagues that you'll hate because they can do whatever, it seems to be able to do whatever they want and then, wake up the next morning form, you've got to recognize what your voice is doing. But I will tell you, people never have a problem until they have a problem. And once you have a significant problem, it can set you back a ways. So, you know, you want to go as long as you can. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you so much. Oh, this was completely last minute. Yeah, it was great. And, it worked out perfectly. Uh, it's perfect timing, yeah. really, for the people who are out there whose kids are going to be heading to Chicago. Yeah. Well, you got very talented kids, and I'm sure they're going to do great. Thank you. And, Thank uh, you. I'm proud of them, and, you know, just um, preparedness meeting opportunity. Yes. And faith. No question. Yes. Yes. So, all right. Fun. Well, thanks again. Pleasure. All Anytime. Right. I, I'll talk about the voice. <laughs> all right. Well, I really appreciate it. All right. Take care. All right.